Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Welcome back to Looking Above. We are in a new season. It is the fall season for our life groups here at New Life. And so as we start this season, we have a new topic to discuss. Uh, Brooklyn is here on the podcast with me again. Hi. And um, we're going to be this fall looking at resilience. Uh, We're getting that because uh, the women here at New Life are going to be reading through Rebecca Lyon's new book, Building a Resilient Life, this fall. And just seemed like a really good topic, something that a lot of people seem to be struggling with right now is just everything that feels like just continues to assail us Yes, uh, as a society. I feel like we've been in this season since 2020 and we're still there and just continuing to feel losses that we suffered in that season. And it's just been it's just been a season. It has been a season. <laughs> that just, we, I think we're all weary and ready for a different season to, to come. Um, but it doesn't always happen that way. And so we need to understand resilience and building resilience. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, as we start, a couple of things. Yes, I am sick, so I feel very nasally and... <laughs> I can't stop coughing and sputtering, so we'll just apologize in advance. Yes, and we have a special guest today. We do. Um, His name is Porter Luke Alm, and he is my baby. (laughs) Since we were last together, you have a new family member. we have a new baby, and he joined us today. We did have a babysitter, but things (sighs) happened, and so now he's joining us, and we're going to be practicing (laughs) resilience today. Yes, we are. (laughs) Yes, we are. So if you hear funny little sounds in the background it's It's, not us it's not us (laughs) and it's not a puppy and yeah yep he's saying hello (laughs) very very cute three-month-old little boy laying on the floor here beside us so (laughs) hopefully we can also stay focused because he is so cute it's hard to not look at him Okay, so as you said, resilience is something that we all need because as a society, as as a country, as, Mm -hmm. you know, just women, Mm -hmm. I feel like we've been dealing with loss um, and just hard seasons. But Mm -hmm. I also think as a a society and a culture, we've become less resilient. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. Just as... I think so. I think, you know, part of that just comes from... As technology continues, we have made life 
easier for ourselves and we continue to do so. And that seems to be the goal, right? Like easier is better. Quicker is better. Yeah. Comfort is better. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It is our goal. We are trying to make ourselves comfortable. We're trying to reduce pain in our lives. We're trying, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, that's what modern medicine is, right? Like we try to treat our ailments the easy way with a pill that will alleviate the symptoms rather than the hard work of changing our diet or exercising or, you know, it just, it it shows itself everywhere. I feel like, like we just see it all over our lives where we're trying to make things comfortable. We're trying to make it easy. And because of that, yes, there is a loss of resilience that we've had, you know, like you just think about the, the pioneers who came to this yeah. country and we're, we're settling it and moving across, you know, like we live, we live in the wild west, right? Like we, <laughs> we live in Wyoming and, um, I'm just thinking about those people who had to come here with horse and buggy and till the land, farm land for the first time ever, had to build homes from scratch, had to find the materials like they didn't have a Home Depot to go right. to, you know, and then they had to farm for food and kill animals for food. And we don't have to do any of those things. So I think, yes, we are just continually losing resilience because we are continually trying to make our lives easier. But I don't think back then that they had the expectation that they deserved comfort. Like they knew that they had to work and that it was going to be hard and that they were going to, you know, get a house out of cutting down trees and building and weathering storms. But we almost think it's our right now to not, to (laughs) feel comfortable. To have ease. To have ease. Yeah. And when we don't, we get mad. Yes. Oh, right. (laughs) Right. If things aren't easy, if they don't go my way. And And you see that at a store when, when somebody doesn't serve you the way you, not you, but you know, people want, they get mad and then they want to talk to the manager and then, you know. I was in the dentist the other day and this woman was having to change dentists because I guess her insurance changed and the dentist she had been at doesn't accept the insurance that she's changing to. So they were working on that process of getting everything switched to this new dentist. And she was so angry that, you know, well, this is a normal, typical dental insurance. I don't understand why you don't accept it. You know, it's like, but that's how we are, right? We want everything to cater to us at all times to be easy for us. We don't want to have to put in the work. We don't want to have to go through the hard And it just keeps getting bigger and more magnified. And then, you you and I were talking about this earlier, then we do this to our children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I do it to my... I I do too. I do it and I'm aware of it now, Mm -hmm. so I try not to, but it's like fighting Mm -hmm. myself to let my daughter go through struggle. Right. It's hard to watch. Right. It's easier to jump in and fix it for them, mm-hmm. jump in and do it, um, rescue them out of that. If something's hard, we intervene. You know, it's mm-hmm. the helicopter parent thing, which a lot of us would say we aren't, but in actuality we are, mm-hmm. you know. And so if if something gets too hard, we just scoop them up and take them home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes from a good place. You love your child, Absolutely. so you don't want them to feel pain. That's sure. natural. But that's where we look at God and he He loves us so much more than we could love our kids. And we, mm-hmm. we talk about that a lot, but mm-hmm. it's a way you can see it because he lets us go through pain right. because he knows it's right. good for us. Um, but we get mad at him for it, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
we we all have those tendencies that when we're in that hard time, like why why do you do this to me? Why do you allow this? Why, you know, can't you just, I know you can, I know you can part the Red Sea. You know, I know you can make a way out of this for me. And why are you letting me go through this? And And it's out of love. Right. And we question his motive and we can't see that because we are so accustomed to ease. Yeah, I agree. I really Mm -hmm. noticed it during my second miscarriage. I know we've talked about that a little bit on Mm -hmm. the podcast, but, um, I just kept hearing like, he is good. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, you know what? You could have prevented this. You Mm could have not let me go through this again, Mm -hmm. but you are good. And Mm -hmm. I know it's for my good, even if I don't get it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to cling to. Right. Right. And I think in the book, you know, Rebecca was saying about this situation they had with their son and she took that walk and was just crying out to God, like, won't you let us out of this season? And he said, not yet, you know, Mm -hmm. and it is hard because we do want the easy way. We do want the road out. We want the map, or at least, you know, for me, I want to see the destination. Okay. I will go through this hard, but can you please just let me know what the end result is? Like, where am I going? Where am I going to get to because Mm -hmm. of this? But when we can't see that and we're like, you're just allowing this storm to continue to rage in my life, or you're just allowing me to continue to lose thing after thing after thing, and I don't get what you're doing here. And I don't know when it's going to end. It becomes very disillusioning mm-hmm. because we aren't as resilient as we could be. And we have a belief attached to it that if God is good, then only good in our eyes, things will happen to us. Right. If God is good, he will take away my pain right. in this moment. Right. And that's just not the truth. Right. And I, I just saw an article this week. It was kind of talking about the prosperity gospel. And, um, you know, of course, there are churches and preachers who are very well known for the prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. but it's kind of infiltrated a lot of a lot of just mainstream Christianity, too. Yeah. And that thought that, you know, God should make our lives easy. And we have to get away from the thought that good, what's good for us means it's going to be easy. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, then we, it it filters down, right? So we can have that view of God and allowing that in our lives, but then we, we then apply that as parents Mm -hmm. and good doesn't mean easy. And sometimes good is what's hard. Good. You know, if we want our kids to build strong roots, we have to let them endure the, the difficult storms. Yes. My, um, Quinn, my daughter, she's five. Mm -hmm. She was having a really hard time after we had Porter. Mm -hmm. Um, she loves him very much, Mm -hmm. but she was having a, it was struggle. Her and I have always been very close. Um, Mm -hmm. her dad worked away a lot. And so now we have this whole new member. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to my counselor just about how sad I was for her. And I felt so guilty, even Mm -hmm. though I would obviously have Porter over and over again, just that she was having to go through this. And Mm -hmm. my counselor challenged me and she said, you don't want her to have a perfect life. Mm -hmm. You don't want her to have the most perfect childhood. You think you do, but you don't because she'll have no coping skills, no resilience. um, And then it's life is going to be really hard for her later. Yeah. Yeah. And she may become selfish or right. self-serving right. or, you know, and crave yep. comfort. Yep. If we can teach them that it's okay to mm-hmm. have hard storms, mm-hmm. I think as a society, when they're older, they will be more resilient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of my daughters um, went through a situation where she was having some 
peer issues, some difficult, um, a difficult situation with some peers that just were not being kind. And everything within me wanted to say, you can just quit that activity. You don't need to show up there anymore. You know, this behavior, the way that they're treating you is not okay. And you just don't need to be there. But uh, as I prayed about that, you know, I realized that that's not the right thing, that going and confronting and talking to these mm-hmm. people who were um, mistreating her and and really facing that was much better for her. And she hated it in the moment when I said, no, you're going to show up today and you're going to continue to be kind even when they're not. And you're going to tell them how their words are affecting you. You know, she didn't like it at that point, mm-hmm. but it has grown a resilience in her, you know, that she will say even just some mental toughness, like, okay, I can get through this when people are unkind. So yeah, it's, it's hard though. And I think, um, it's hard depending on our personality. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that, just going through difficult times and personalities, right? Depending on who we are, depending on how we're wired, we face, loss and difficulty differently. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely we do. You know. And depending on how, I mean, circumstances that have happened to you and ways you've learned to cope. Rebecca Lyons says in her book, like, we all have some way that we cope and make things easier for Mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's actively choosing to go against that. That helps us become resilient. But I definitely think that just looking at my husband and I, that there's a big difference in how we handle hard mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. He kind of puts his head down mm-hmm. and, you know, shoves, power through. Yeah, power <laughs> through, power through. Mm-hmm. And I'll film things more than he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it affects everybody differently. Yeah. I mean, my personality is very pain adverse. So averse. I don't like pain. And so um, my way of coping with it is to try to feel the feeling as little as possible, the hard feelings, um, because hard feelings to me are yucky feelings. And then I just want to move on. Like, let's just not necessarily ignore it or stuff it, but just like, okay, let's just climb past this hurdle and (laughs) we're going to move on. And I'm going to try and find some good out of it. Like, okay, well, I learned this or I, you know, this is something. And then now I'm, I'm onto the next thing because I don't like to sit there. And then there's other people who really like to sit there, (laughs) right? Like they, they get all up in their feels and they're like, well, this just stinks and life is hard. And Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, (laughs) they they just kind of plop down in the middle of that. And so therefore we see two different people experiencing the exact same loss or hardship and differently though. It's just, yes, (laughs) the way they respond to it is different. And I think as Christians and as being mature, emotionally, emotionally mature people, We have to recognize that, number one, you and I can go through the exact same trial and it's going to affect us completely differently. And so then we we need to have grace for others in that loss, but then also have grace for ourselves. You know, you and I may experience it and something may hit me way harder than it ever hit you. And then, okay, I need to have grace for myself. Like this, it's it's a different way of of, uh, living it. So speaking of of that, mm-hmm. you have experienced a lot of loss this year. Mm-hmm. And you 
your year has kind of been marked by that. Like mm-hmm. I, that sounds mean, but yeah, but that's really, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I keep saying that, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's been, it's been a strange year. And I think when we have a very large, visible, tangible loss, like the loss of my dad this year, um, it does kind of start to become this frame through which you then, or lens through which you then see other things. So I went through this great big loss. You know, my dad dying was rather unexpected and just was big, you know, I mean, it's my dad and my parents live here. And so he's a part of my weekly life. And Um, of course my dad, who's been a part of my life, my whole life, but so I have this huge loss and then it just seems like there has been little loss after little loss the rest of this year. Um, some of it clearly definable, some of it, what, uh, Rebecca talked about in the book as ambiguous loss or losses that, um, are a little bit harder to define or a little bit harder to see. And we can maybe break that down a little bit, but, um, it's just been one thing after another. And when you're in a season of loss or when you've had a big loss, at least to me, all of those little losses seem so much bigger. So in another year, some of these small losses I've had might not have affected me that much, or I would have been way more resilient, able to, you know, bounce back as we would in society define resilience. We'll get to Rebecca's definition in a bit, but, um, they felt bigger and they've felt harder to bounce back from. And like, it's just kind of been this sadness, I guess, that has been like, whoa, things that I wouldn't normally feel sad about. I'm feeling very sad about. Yeah. Um, and I know others have been in that too. It, it does seem to, there seem to be seasons in our life where loss just seems to prevail. Yeah. Where it's the theme almost. Mm-hmm. So when you first lost your dad, Mm -hmm. well, not even just at first, but Mm -hmm. two months-ish, I know that you were struggling because you wanted to bounce back. Mm -hmm. And then it's, that's not how it works. Like Mm -hmm. you said, then there's more losses and they feel bigger. And, Mm -hmm. and so Rebecca talks about in her book, how society as a whole has Mm -hmm. defined resilience as bouncing back, Mm -hmm. returning to who you were before. Mm -hmm. And you can speak to that's, that's Mm -hmm. not what resilience is. Right. Right. Resilience is more, um, a determination to keep moving forward despite the challenges. Um, it has to do more with clinging to hope and clinging to Jesus in the face of trial and adversity and loss. And, um, And then ultimately recognizing that you don't go back to who you were, hopefully, Mm -hmm. because of Jesus, we become something better. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's hard because, you know, in that season, for me, what I was feeling I was becoming did not feel better. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, and so I not only had losses of these different things or people or relationships or what, you know, all all these things that I felt were lost in that season, but it felt like I had lost myself. Yeah. Um, You know, which I think would be another form of ambiguous loss. Like physically, I was still there, but emotionally, I was a very different person than before. And I didn't like this new sad 
form of me. <laughs> yeah, you missed when you could just yeah. go about your day and you didn't have that looming, right? that grief. Right, right. And so um, I think I've come in the last two months, come a long way from where I was, you know, at the end of June, beginning of July. I feel a little bit more like myself now than then, but clearly we know I won't ever be the self that was in February of 2023 or before. Um, I am going to be different. And so I do see the world differently, not just because of the loss I've gone through, but also because of what that loss has taught me. Mm-hmm. How probably mm-hmm. like how Jesus has shown up for you mm-hmm. and, and it's given you more compassion and grace, I think too. Not that you didn't have it before, but mm-hmm. just because you've been in a hard time that others go through, we all will go through. Right. Um, and you don't understand it unless, unless you experience it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think I've probably even said here before, you know, prior to losing my dad, you see people who've lost a parent and, um, they'll publicly make posts, you know, Mm -hmm. that's where you see it a lot. They'll make posts. I still miss you. I think of you every day, these kind of things. And in my mind, when I would see those posts, it was like, my word, it's been three, four years. Like, Mm -hmm. don't you ever move on? (laughs) You know, like, why are you still talking about this? Um, Very judgy. And now it's like, okay, no, you know what? Everyone goes through grief Mm -hmm. differently. And so, yes, there has been a compassion that has grown in me. And clearly, I think, I think part of resilience though, is that, um, you know, I said this year has been marked by loss. I don't want to live the rest of my life feeling like loss defines everything. Yeah. So part of resilience is also recognizing this is a season and yes, grief, that grief will come in waves and you cannot predict it. I've had grief show up at times that have completely surprised me. Um, and where my body has been affected, my mind has been affected. And I was like, what is going on? Oh wait, that's grief (laughs) showing up again. Um, so you can't necessarily control that, but we can be resilient and we can choose how we're going to move forward and to not live defined by grief or live defined by our loss, but we live defined by who we're becoming because of Jesus on the flip side of that. Yeah. Rebecca Lyon says resilience is faithful perseverance. Mm. And I thought that was really, Mm -hmm. I liked how she worded that Mm -hmm. because it is, you're just out of faith and knowing that this is not our home. This is the world is not where we're going to stay forever. Mm -hmm. You can persevere because you do, you have that hope. Right. Right. It's a choice. I mean, that's a choice. Mm -hmm. Faithful perseverance to be faithful. Faithful is a choice. Mm -hmm. Like that means that we have chosen to live in obedience Yeah. You know, this is what God calls of me. And, you know, I think when my dad was in the hospital, um, I remember there was a moment, you know, we knew things were not going well. My brother had arrived. And I remember looking at my mom and my brother and saying, we are going to choose to go through this in a way that glorifies God. This is our choice right now because we are called, you know, to always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. And our hope in the midst of suffering may 
show Jesus to someone in this room who doesn't know him yet. And so we will be people of hope in the midst of what for the three of us was the hardest grief we had ever ever had to face. Um, and that's, you know, that's what that is, that faithful perseverance. Like, choice. yes, it is a choice. We are going to choose to be faithful in this moment. Because in all honesty, in hard moments like that, you don't want, you. the last thing you want to do is to serve others in a way or to, you know, mm-hmm. look outside of yourself. Right. Our flesh says, oh, you're right. sad, you're hurting, turn inward. Yeah. But making yeah. the choice to faithfully persevere and bring glory to God. And it happens even in smaller ways, too. Like, just think about your life the past two mm. two weeks <laughs> here, right? Like, when things come up that we don't expect, no matter how big or small it is, number one, it typically feels bigger than we thought it would. Number two, um, when it flies in the face of what our expectations mm-hmm. were, that makes it hard. Um, so... When, when these things come up, there's always a choice. Like our choice can be like, I'm just done. I'm not going to face this. Or our choice can be, I'm going to faithfully persevere. I'm going to figure out what to do. So talk about that. Like you, your family has <laughs> first day of kindergarten. Things did not go as planned. Yeah. So Quinn went to kindergarten. It, she was so excited. Mm-hmm. We did all the things and she was just really pumped about it. She went, I dropped her off. It was also my first day back to work. <laughs> so I was already on edge because I was leaving Porter for the first time. Quinn was going to kindergarten, mm-hmm. um, coming back to work. And I get a text like an hour and a half later that Quinn is crying. Her leg is hurting. She won't put weight on it. And I knew, I feel like I just knew mm-hmm. that it was broken. I, yeah. I mean, I we looked, looked at, at each Karen, other yeah. and we were like, oh, that's yep. not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And so I got her from school. We went to the doctor and yep, it was broken. So she's in a full leg cast. Mm -hmm. Um, She was devastated. (laughs) It was so hard to watch. Mm -hmm. But she has shown crazy resilience. Like Mm -hmm. it's been a week, 10 days. I Mm -hmm. don't know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just a part of her now. She's kind of just adopted the cast. She's figured out ways around it and just pushes through. She's excited to be back at school. She has a wheelchair. On my end of things, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of challenging for me right now. So I have Porter, who's three months old, still kind of a newborn. Um, he doesn't really have a schedule yet. Mm-hmm. And, the and requires seat, a lot of you. Yeah, he does. He requires a lot of me. And now Quinn also, who was more independent before, requires a lot of me mm-hmm. to help her go to the mm-hmm. bathroom right. to get her really Yeah, a when lot you're of in stuff. a full leg cast yeah. and you're that tiny, you can't yeah. get yourself around. It's heavy. You mm-hmm. need someone to move you. Yep. And so she has a wheelchair now, but even with the wheelchair, it's been challenging because I'm carrying a car seat, trying to push her into school, have her backpack, have the snacks, you know, for the first <laughs> week, all of the things. So much. It is a lot. And so many people have been like, how are you doing it? How are you doing Mm it Um, at the school? And just when people see me in public, I think they feel sorry for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you just are. I just am. Like, we just kind of are. We chose Mm -hmm. to move forward and be Mm -hmm. positive about her going back to kindergarten because Mm -hmm. she was really scared. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that this will teach Quinn resilience. We mm-hmm. actually say that to each other because mm-hmm. we're doing this study. Mm-hmm. I've been talking to her about resilience. And I say, when I'm having a hard time because I get stressed, I'll say, I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. This is hard for me and this is hard for you, but we are going to become resilient at the end right. of this. Right. So faithful perseverance, knowing that right now it sucks, honestly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the end of this, 
And I mean, short term, at the end of this, we're going to be much more adaptable. Absolutely. And in the long term, it's really just a blip in our lives. Right. Right. (laughs) But on the day that it happened, that was not your expectation nor hers for the first day of kindergarten. No. And I think so many times these things that kind of knock us off our feet are when our expectations aren't met. I would say every time for me. (laughs) It's always when my expectations aren't met. (laughs) And I get upset about it. Originally, I cried to Karen when they texted me and yeah, it's, but then, so get upset, Mm -hmm. feel your feelings because Mm -hmm. even though feelings aren't always true, they're real Mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. And I don't think resilience is pushing them out, Mm -mm. ignoring toxic positivity. No. Um, Resilience is saying, okay, this is what I feel. Mm -hmm. This stinks. Yeah. But (laughs) this is what we're going to do despite that. Right. Because. Yeah. God this is with us. Is and the reality. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we'll get more to that um, as we go through this semester. But some of it is, you know, preaching to each other and preaching to ourselves yeah. in that moment. Like I remember that day I texted you and said, This is a blip. Mm-hmm. Like this is a this is a moment and it will be a great story in the future. Today it doesn't feel like yeah. that. Today it feels overwhelming. But when we can like step back and look at perspective, you know, even this year that I feel like has been marked by loss. And, you know, I just keep praying, like, there's joy in the morning. Like, when is my morning coming? Lord? Like, when is it going to be morning? When am I going to feel like, oh, I'm in a season of joy now? You know, but this is a season. I'm not going to be in this season for the rest of my life. Right. And like you said, we will get into this more, but I think it is important to say that having those people that can reassure you and remind Mm. you of your faithful perseverance, Mm -hmm. because I did, I felt so overwhelmed that first week. We had just gotten a routine kind of with Porter (laughs) and I was like, okay, I don't even know. Everything's out the window. window. Yeah. (laughs) So we're just going to wing it. And I am not someone that loves that. So, (laughs) um, but I remember I texted Karen multiple days and I was like, I am so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I am so overwhelmed right now. Mm -hmm. And you just kept reminding me and Mm -hmm. encouraging me. And Mm -hmm. that is a part of faithful perseverance. Mm -hmm. It's not all on your own. Right, right. And asking you to say what's overwhelming you right now too, because sometimes we have to be willing to say it. And that's part of what these first couple of chapters even start to talk about Mm -hmm. is naming the pain, naming the loss. Like we have to be able to say it in order to persevere through it, in order to learn from it, in order to grow from it. And like we've talked about before, it just helps to say it to somebody else. To bring it it just helps to Mm -hmm. say it out loud. And I I was even telling um, one of my kids that the other day they were struggling with something and someone else kind of noticed that they were struggling, asked them about it. They verbalized their struggle to that other person. And then suddenly they felt less overwhelmed and they were like, nothing has changed. And I said, no, everything has changed. You're not bearing your burden alone. It's biblical (laughs) and it's, and it's psychological, scientific. And we've talked about that before. So yeah. too much time but yeah, yeah it is yeah. so important yeah. although I will say that we are slightly hypocritical mm-hmm. we do we do mm-hmm. pretty good at mm-hmm. that but there is a question at the end of the chapter mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that says have you named your mm-hmm. losses and we're both avoiding it yeah I don't want to do it <laughs> and, and you're supposed to take some time it's not mm-hmm. like you just list it out so that's mm-hmm. hard I'm like, where do I find the time mm-hmm. to go through and name my losses? That doesn't really sound fun. But it is important to name our loss. Right, right. 
Yes. And as we as we move here into the fall season and doing this study with some other women here, we're going to take going that time. To. We're going to we're going to do it. And just we encourage you to do that, too. Yeah. It does feel big and daunting. You know, when I look back at this year, the last thing I want to do is go down and write that all down <laughs> and say, what all have I lost? Or Let's even in this back. last season since 2020, you know, some of us need to go back a little further and just get it out, like write it down and then think about like how each of those losses have made us feel. And again, those losses can be very physical, visible, tangible losses. They can also be these ambiguous losses, losses that are harder to name. Maybe someone in your life is dealing with depression. And so you feel the loss of the relationship you used to have or the normalcy. Maybe it is a miscarriage and you never physically held that baby, but the loss of the dream of that child is so huge in your life. And so loss can be defined in a lot of different ways, but Again, she's just encouraging us to name it, put words to it, and then talk about how that has caused you to feel. Mm -hmm. So she says, Mm -hmm. make a list Mm -hmm. of your losses Mm -hmm. and then go back and put Mm -hmm. the feeling that you Mm -hmm. felt next to them. Right. We will report back on (laughs) (laughs) the positive side of that. (laughs) Because it does sound daunting. But I do know, I do know Mm -hmm. that it's going to be good. Right. Right. Yes. It's, it's just like going to counseling, anything else until we're willing to face the wound. Uh, you can't treat the wound. You like you, you need to acknowledge the wound. So, Mm -hmm. so it's important. Uh, you had mentioned this verse kind of, we'll, we'll wrap up with that. Uh, do you want to read John 16, 33 for Yes. So it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Mm. So he acknowledges that we are going to have trials and we are going to have sorrows. And he's not saying that our life is going to be easy or comfortable. Right. Um, but it's okay. We can have our faithful perseverance because... He has already overcome Mm -hmm. this world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we see that in Jesus's life and we see that, you know, in the Apostle Paul and, Mm -hmm. you know, he talks about that thorn in the flesh and just wanting that to be removed from his life. Like we all deal with things. It is human existence. (laughs) It is common to everyone. We are going to deal with hard things. We are going to have struggles. We are going to have losses. Um, But ultimately, and this is where our hope is derived, is that Jesus has overcome this world. There will be a day when this world and pain as we know it will cease, (laughs) will be done. We will be in his presence. These sorrows that we can't shake right now will, will be forgotten. I, and I do believe that, you know, when it talks about there's no more crying in heaven, I, I believe that when we see God, everything else will fade. Like we just won't, it won't matter. We won't remember it. It'll be gone because of the glorious presence of God, you know, and just the, the joy and the holiness and who he is that all of these things now. And so as we are facing that now, it just an encouragement to all of us is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Again, we continue to look above, like we come back to that phrase, looking above over and over again, but that's how we get through this. Now that's how we go through these 
seasons or years, or maybe it's many years for you of loss and pain are that we have to keep our eyes fixed. We have to have hope. Yeah. Live like heaven is real Mm -hmm. because it is. Yes. Absolutely. So have a great week. We are so happy to be back after this summer. Um, Possibly, hopefully next week, there may be a new a new aspect to this podcast. I don't yeah. know if we should mention it in case it doesn't work out, but <laughs> we're going to try. We are going to try to start having video recordings of these podcasts. So, And, and I discussed how that may be not the best for us because we're very real. So you're going to see the very real of us. <laughs> we make faces at each yeah. other. and uh, yeah, Babies yeah. here. I mean, Gosh, yes. Yeah. So, but I don't know. So for some of you, maybe we need that reality. So we will see. We will see. But hopefully next week you can listen or see us, whatever works for you. Yes. And until then, we will encourage you to keep, keep looking, looking above. above.